Hello, Illuminated Souls. I'm Brianne Drioni. And I'm Tina Damore. Welcome to Shamans After Dark. Today, we'll be continuing our discussion about ancestors, particularly our blood and bone ancestors. We're going to be diving into the burdens, blessings, fears, and wounds we unconsciously inherit from them. So Tina, let's talk a little bit about what we mean by blessings that we inherit from our ancestors. Yeah, blessings are things that, you know, uh, we receive from our ancestors that it shifts our focus from a lot of the burdens we think that we've inherited, like, um, you know, high cholesterol or something, or like arthritis or something like that. Um, those are physical things we can inherit. But blessings are things like the love of music or a gift of knowing how to do something or how to play an instrument or just singing or even the ability to survive and thrive from particular experiences or having these certain strengths or courage or even a sense of humor. I know that can be inherited um, and enjoying nature. So those are the things I mean. Um, And our family stories that are inherited from my ancestors, like from, you know, I know my grandparents had stories. Those are things that give me joy and I feel are blessings to me that I can remember and I can pass down to, you know, my nieces or anybody else. Um, It helps you build that sense of connection. Like you kind of know these people that you may not have actually had a chance to meet because you know these stories about about your ancestors that kind of passed down through the family, which is a real gift. Yeah. A blessing could also be a physical feature, a unique quirk or something that we really like about ourselves that's been passed down through our DNA. You know, like I have a couple of permanent baby teeth and my mother has a couple of permanent baby teeth and my grandmother has a couple of permanent baby teeth. So it's kind of passed down through my maternal line of these. And I wonder how far back that goes sometimes. No kidding. What ancestor somewhere was like, I'm not getting rid of all my baby teeth. I'm just going to stay. But it's always been a quirk that I have just found really endearing and funny and I was grateful for because I didn't have to have braces because I had more room in my mouth since I had these permanent baby teeth that are kind of like, we're here. We're chilling. Oh, great. <laughs> wow, that's great because dra- braces, I have braces. Those were not fun. I know. I mean, I, you know, it took me a long time. I used to hate my curly hair when I was a kid, but now I'm like, I got this from like both my father's side and my mother's side. And I have, you know, a little bit of a darker skin tone because of my father's side. So I, you know, now I really I consider that a blessing and, and a good thing rather than wanting to just fit in with everybody. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fun little quirks and things that make us different. And you know, something like my son can roll his tongue just like his dad, but yeah. I can't do that yeah. to save my life in any way. So the two of them can do it, and I'm like, no, that's right. <laughs> no matter how hard I try, it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and another interesting thing too is like I have blue eyes, and um, people with blue eyes have a single common ancestor. I didn't know before until we that's were kind of doing a little research about this podcast and. Like a new research that that came out in 2008 shows that people with blue eyes have a single common ancestor and scientists have tracked down a genetic mutation, which took place 6,000 to 10,000 years ago and is the cause of the eye color for all blue-eyed humans alive on the planet today. Wow. So you are descended from that ancestor. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. And we do have a little link to the Science Daily article if people want to check that out a little more um, on our references page on our website, shamansafterdark.com. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can just, just a thought, you can even journey to this ancestor, Brie, and say, hey, you know, thanks for your eyes. Thanks for this blessing. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Another way we can kind of see 
the blessings from our ancestors is to, you know, remember that where their hopes, our ancestors, hopes and dreams kind of embodied in this world, you know, all that they have navigated through was not only for their own success, but for ours. It's easy to forget that. Yeah. Right. Their children, their grandchildren, we're all walking towards, and I'm hoping that I will be a good ancestor that I will be, you know, remembered in some way that my contributions to our Mm -hmm. lineage continuing is, is kind of there in whatever way that might look. Right. And there are some beliefs that, you know, when you're working with the ancestors in a really ritualized way, you're actually working on your own ancestralization for when you pass. Yeah. Which is so fascinating. I, this it is, work is it so is. deep and really, it's really rich to dive into. It's it's changed my life, to be quite honest. And I know sometimes, you know, especially doing the healing work and people who are out there are healers and are looking to also heal themselves, we kind of get a little stuck on the traumas or the negative things that we feel we've inherited we're trying to heal right in one way that we can kind of honor our ancestors and ourselves to take a little time you know to honor the gifts and the quirks and the funny things that we like about ourselves that we've inherited from our ancestors the stories we have right. and kind of remembering the good along with the struggles like remembering that we have some gifts like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for our ancestors and they gave us gifts whether we're conscious of them or not they're there and if we could build a practice of of gratitude and remembrance even just saying it's i love my eyes or i love my smile or the Mm -hmm. shape of my nose or you know the shape of my face and that's something that's been handed down um through our genetics and our ancestral memory and and something that we can be like, oh, I love singing because my grandmother was to sing and my mother sang or however right. that yeah. came to you. So just a little offering to put out there if you feel called to kind of bring your awareness to those, to those blessings. Yeah. And, and one little thing too is that, you know, our culture really isn't about connecting with the ancestors. Like once you're dead, you're dead. You're, you can't really. But, you know, part of aligning ourselves with our ancestors and honoring them, it sort of, it, it, it shifts them in being remembered and that will also trickle down to us so that when we do carve out time to really think about them and honor them, put them on a little, put pictures of whatever they loved uh, in life on an altar or something like that, it starts to really, they're like, oh, you remember me. And, you know, yeah. despite all the things that I may have not done or did do, you still remember me. And that's like, that's the beautiful they want connection and we are longing for connection. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, sometimes we, we forget that in our day to day because we're so busy. We have really busy yes. full lives and it's hard to say, I'm going to carve out time to remember the answers to this. I may not even really know, you know, and taking the time right. to just have a little space, a little memory of, of honoring them in some way and, and building that kind of consciousness in helps build our connection to those that have walked before us. And yeah. It could be something simple like a picture, you know, you could do a picture of your grandmother been honoring all of the grandmas and then doing a flower that makes you think like my, my mother's mother loved daisies and at her memorial service, we passed out daisies. So I have daisies and she also loved pussy willows. So I have dried pussy willows, you know, and so things like that, little candy, maybe um, a liqueur if they liked it, but just little things like that to help them feel honored and to know that you're honoring them. Yes. And we'll dive into that more, I think, in the next episode of honoring our ancestors and building relationship. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the burdens. Because uh, that's another piece of this, even though we wanted to start with the blessings, you know, um, some signs of ancestral issues or burdens can include things like premature death, um, severe illness, misfortune, 
mental, emotional, and physical ailments, accidents. Um, you know, you know, we could have the same kind of accident that happens to us. A sense of that there's something funky or heavy or unhelpful energy around you. Uh, repetitive nightmares and feeling unsettled. Hoarding can be inherited if that's something that happened to your family. Um, and it really contributes to physical, mental, and emotional trouble. And it sort of exacerbates the kind of systemic troubles like racism, sexism, and other cultural troubles that we experience here. Um, and their ancestral troubles to begin with, so that, you know, they get reinforced by the troubled dead not being taken care of. So when we start taking care of them, we can alleviate those troubles. I know it sounds very simplistic, but it, it really can happen. And that's about building relationship and honoring, too, yeah. and remembering, even if we didn't get a chance to know them because they were so far down that timeline. Exactly. I mean, and, you know, there's studies of epigenetics, um, and we have links to the website for reference for anybody that wants to check it out. But there's a study on mice, even though I don't really uh, support research like that. Um, it's very interesting because there was like a, a mouse that the experiment was that they um, had a loud beeping sound and or no, it was a shock for the, on the mouse, but it was this certain smell. And so after a while, because of classical conditioning, they no longer had to shock the poor little mouse. Uh, they just had the smell. But what's so interesting is that, you know, their grand this, this mouse's grandchildren would also not be shocked, but have the same smell and they would react in a trauma response. So that kind of illustrates how we also inherit trauma. And I'm going to read a quote too from another, um, article that we've listed on our site from high suicide rates among the Australian Aborigines and the legacy of slavery to inherited post-traumatic stress disorder risk among Holocaust survivors. The implications of new research support or promise far-reaching consequences for communities around the world grappling with social and pol political upheaval. So there's a lot of research around this, so you can't just kind of fluff it off. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it just reinforces what we kind of know from a shamanic perspective of that we can pass our trauma down. If we don't yes. heal and address it, that trauma is getting passed down generally. It actually gets coded into our DNA and shows up in different ways. So it's it's really interesting to just see the science kind of reinforcing what's been kind of known through shamanic cultures. Yes, totally. You know, and our DNA um, holds the memory of these experiences of our ancestors, healing our own ancestral wounds that come from so many generations ago, hundreds of thousands of years. You know, so much research is uncovering how serious incidents of trauma, such as you mentioned before, like either the slavery and Holocaust and post-traumatic stress disorder, get passed down through generations and shared family genes. Research has revealed that when people experience trauma, it changes their genes in a very specific and noticeable way. So when those people have children and their genes are passed down to their children, the children also inherit those genes affected by the trauma. Right. We've also, just to touch a little bit on this too, is ancestor wound can also be a mother or father wound, just unconscious patterns of primary issues that keep you from claiming your full potential a fear of being successful or a fear of speaking your truth or a fear of receiving or a fear of being visible and being seen by others. Um, not liking the sound of a particular true. language among so many other things. And these are things that, you know, we can specifically inherit along our maternal or paternal lines. Right. Yes. And, you know, um, we are descended from troubles of racism, sexism, colonialism, and occupation of land, 
from greed and economic exploitation, which kind of amplify, you know, even further and magnify the troubles of racism, colonialism, and sexism. So we can inherit, inherit troubles around uh, religious arrogance, religious extremism, rigidity or righteousness, which we are seeing, unfortunately, now. We're descended from a legacy of a disconnection from ourselves, each other, the earth, and our non-human kin. And so when we come to a place of understanding that and then wanting to really shift that, it's, it's possible to shift this collective issue um, because they're not environmental problems. There's not problems with the earth or human behavior problems. And these problems are ancestral in nature. And they didn't start with our life, but we can be the ones to make the change to, for all of us going forward to have a ripple effect for our descendants. And when we say descendants, it's not just our human descendants because the ripple effect affects everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're all interconnected in this great web of life. So, you know, it's that little vibration goes out everywhere, whether it's a struggle or a positive that can, it impacts everything. Yes. And that's why this work is just so important. Take the time to actually, you know, build relationship with our ancestors and heal what we can heal for our ancestors. And cause that gets carried down and you do that healing work and a wound that may have happened so many generations ago between your paternal and maternal line. And just being able to carry that forward to your, through the whole line so that everyone is kind of receiving that healing is a huge gift and is a really positive impact. Like I've just seeing the work that has been, that I have done and has been done for me, the subtle shifts that have happened within my own family dynamics because of that work just blows my mm -hmm. mind sometimes. Like, because you can really see it and it can be either really, really like very, really stand out or it can be very subtle. And I've seen it in both instances and it's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen from working in one particular lineage that there's sort of like for the living, you know, descendants, there's sort of this forgiveness suddenly, just like this forgiveness. I'm like, whoa, you know, this is really good. And yeah. there's this, um, you know, not just a little bit of more acceptance of, of the, the ancestors and their behavior, you know, so it's, 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 it's really uh, fascinating. Absolutely. And sometimes it can be overwhelming to be like, oh, this is my job to sit here and do all yes. this healing. Or why do I have to be the one to do all this healing? No kidding. But understanding that it, it's also healing yourself so that you show up more fully in the world because you aren't carrying this heavier vibration that doesn't necessarily belong to you because it's a trauma or a wound that was somebody else's within your family line. But you know, taking the time to do that work and to do the healing can be so beneficial in so many ways. And even I think being able to do this healing amongst the ancestor, your ancestors, um, when you can't directly heal within your immediate family because of maybe there's too much trauma or conflict, or you don't have contact with your current existing family unit because of things that have may happened, may have happened. Being able to do this work is a way of trying to still work on those wounds, you know, because right. you have a right to be able to go in and do that. Because normally, I know in the shamanic practice, we don't do healing without others' work, but you're still healing this wound because you're carrying it, so it's your wound, and you have permission to do your own healing because right. you're giving that to yourself. Or if you're working with a practitioner um, to do that healing, again, you're giving that permission to have the healing done for you, but it benefits everybody in the line. It does. It's sort of an indirect feeling. It's not, I would say, you know, I do tell clients and people I teach this work to that it's, 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 you're not going to feel it directly, but it's just, it's going to shift things. And the result is sort of not something that anyone can predict. Um, but I have some miraculous stories. So <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's, it's really impactful work. I mean, when you do the inner work to change your relationship with your lineage 
And these kind of amazing, miraculous healings can take place. It's freeing up not only you, but the ones who've been stuck in suffering before you. That's right. And when this happens, you know, the lineage is well and wise and available to work with you in ways that are healthy and reciprocal and not bogged down by the weight it once held before. So you're having this healthier dynamic. So if you're working with ancestors in spirit, if you're journeying and, you know, they're more healthy and whole to work with you because you've done this work. Because we, you know, not just because our ancestors have passed doesn't mean they're well and wise, right? They could still be carrying these burdens. They could still be stuck in that. They may not have ascended or or healed and moved on that. And they're still dealing and grappling with that. So I know whenever we do this work, we're always asking that we're working with our well and wise ancestors when Mm -hmm. we're asking for their guidance. That's right. You know, and let's talk about this. Can we inherit, take on or absorb issues from our non-genetic ancestors. Now we started talking about blood and bones, but you know, what about adoptive and step parents and blended families? I think this is really important to think about because not everybody knows their, you know, physical, you know, parents or their, you know, they've adopted or they've had step parents come in. And that really, I absolutely believe that yes, you can. You know, our family units, whether they are blood, adoptive or step parents, you know, shape and impact us so deeply. They inform how we see the world and influence us and provide us with examples of how we live and how we engage with the world. You know, if they're carrying trauma or issues, um, whether inherited or carried down from their ancestors from life in a body, it definitely impacts how they show up in their daily life, which impacts how you're going to show up in your daily life. Because, you know, again, that ripple effect, we're impacted by our family units. Yeah, we carry the energetics of adoptive or blended families, ancestors who are not blood and bone and can inform our beliefs, you know, the way we approach challenges and receive joys and how we bond with the other with other people um, or how we might not bond with other people. It can really inform foods we like and traditions and customs from adopted cultures that are not really directly related to our, our own ancestry. And I think, you know, that also all comes back to, you know, we can receive blessings from those, you know, non-genetic ancestors, uh, just as we can receive burdens. So maybe right. a blessing could be there. They were highly organized and taught you how to be highly organized, which allows you to function in a better way than you may have otherwise, or they created meaningful family traditions that you're carrying forward and providing a sense of security and safety. Yeah. And the burdens might be functioning alcoholism or domestic abuse or fears or, you know, these fears might be projected onto others and things like that. So um, yeah, we still can inherit burdens from people that are not our blood and bones ancestor. So um, yeah. And another thing I want to ask too, Brie, is mm-hmm. what kind of burdens get carried through from past lives? Because we haven't touched on this before. That's right. Because we can actually be our own ancestors in a past life, which is always kind of a... Yes. <laughs> I, I've seen that many times in many healings. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so I journeyed around this a little bit to get a little more clarity um, yeah. and information from spirit. And for me, they were like trauma, 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 soul loss, you know, fear stemming from trauma, from a past life experience, emotional wounding, you know, kind of equating to lessons we feel to complete or overcome in a past life that are kind of cropping up either subconsciously and on a soul level so that we may address them overcome them or heal them in this life. So, you know, things are kind of popping up and we're like, where is this coming from? And it feels like it's ancestral, but it could also just be this past life piece too that you need to address because you didn't get a chance to address it in that past life. So it's still kind of hanging out there as this unresolved issue. And, you know, another thing too, is that we can inherit these traumas from past lives because we have ancestors in those past lives, something that's kind of mind bending, but yeah, it's totally true. So like, you know, when I ask spirit 
around the burdens that we get carried through from past lives. They said individual hardships, traumas again. So interesting how we have very similar <laughs> stories from the spirits. Yeah. So traumas, stories, and dramas get stored into the energy body and sometimes into the physical body. We can also inherit the burdens of the group or the culture of the people we were li linked with during that time. And we can inherit ancestral burdens from that life without having directly experienced them. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So patriarchy, colonization, racism, sexism, misogyny, homophobic, and religious you know, persecution can all have a huge effect on the psyche of someone living in another time. And if we live during that time, it's no surprise that we can carry those burdens forward into our life now. I love that. It's very insightful. And it's so much to think about. That's why I know we're never really making this work up. Because when I get into something like that, you know, in a journey when I'm doing work for somebody, it's like, oh, well, I haven't come across this before. This is super interesting. I, could, I couldn't have made that up. Yeah. You know, um, and a, a client asked me the other day, are, are the practitioners actually doing the work? What do you think, Bree? I definitely feel like, no, it's our helping spirits and the well and wise ancestors who participate in doing the heavy lifting, so to speak. You know, but, but when we honor our ancestors in ceremony or in simple daily ritual, we bridge a connection back to them that both sides crave and long for. You know, we all suffer from, um, due to this disconnection that we kind of have. Yeah. Humans and our non-human kin and this, you know, disconnection can be a cultural break, a rift in family dynamics, a loss um, of areas that include traditional routine gatherings that bring the spirit of the family together in ways that keep them bonded. Because we've really become kind of nuclear families now. We're not as yes. communal as we used to be. We really used to grow up in these big family groups like my husband's family's Italian yeah. And I remember the first time I went down to dinner and met his <laughs> grandmother and did not expect it to be like a full six course, you know, six course meal. Oh. And, you know, I was like, all this pasta comes out first. I was like, this is great. Handmade, you know, she'd made it fresh. And then, and there's, then there's the, there's the meat. meat. And the, yes. And oh my God. And they were like, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to eat all this food. And they were like, eat. <laughs> Manja, manja. Yes, exactly. And it was, you know, it was the whole family. Everybody was there. Every Sunday, everybody was there. Everybody came and had this huge family meal. And his grandmother would spend, you know, all day hand making the pasta and all the food. And it was just, it was such a beautiful, rich tradition. And since yes. she's passed, that doesn't really happen anymore. Uh, right. It's, it's sad. It's, you know, similar in my family. Uh, my father's uh, parents were from Italy and, you know, she would make everything from scratch. We'd get together every Sunday. And after she passed away, it sort of faded out and it was very sad. But um, yeah. So Tina, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we both journeyed around what the spirit have to say about both the blessings and the burdens that we receive from our ancestors. Yeah. So my helping spirit said, the burdens are often more apparent than the blessings, sadly, and can weigh down the miraculous experience of being alive in this world. In fact, the burdens are often so heavy that descendants can often lose sight of the light that they are and the gifts unconsciously handed down. So they said, open your heart up to the beautiful blessings. If your relationship with your lineage is muddled down with suffering, it can be difficult to see past that and to the truth of your four lineages. In the practice of honoring the ones who've walked before, it is essential to open your heart and previous perceptions of who you think these people were. Push aside the negative stories with compassion because the ancestors who have healed are ready to be in right relationship with you and heal the descendants who have gone after them are so filled with love and honor for you. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So what did your helping spirits have to say, Brie? So my helping spirit said... 
The gifts and challenges one may inherit from their ancestors can play a role in how they experience their current life in a body. How an individual chooses to perceive them can make the difference in whether they see it as a gift or a blessing. They connect you to your family and their history. The gifts and challenges one inherits from their ancestors are part of their family story, their lineage. They are an expression of their ancestors' struggles and triumphs, their joys and sorrows. And they asked, do you acknowledge the gifts you have received from your ancestors? Do you even know what those gifts might be? What gifts or challenges will you be leaving for those who come behind you? What will your legacy as an ancestor be? Which I thought was very thought-provoking in a way to really question about. I don't think we think about living a life so that we are a good ancestor, whether we have, you know, descendants or not, right? Because we're an ancestor, regardless of whether we have children or choose not to have children or we adopt or or, uh, however that looks. And, you know, do we take care of this earth so that there is a place for them to have a life and experience this beautiful world in a way that's healthy and meaningful and it's just really interesting right. to shift our, our perspective to also think about what are our blessings for my ancestors? What what gifts do I have that I may not even honor or recognize? And then to ask us to think about, are we being a good ancestor? Are we an ancestor right. we'd want? How do we want to be remembered as an ancestor? So I, I thought that was really interesting to me. It changes your perception. You know, if you're like, oh, am I living the life that would be proud to be an ancestor of somebody or would I not, would I need some work to do? Yeah. Like on myself in order to become that person that I could, you know, then stand and say, okay, the descendants that come five generations, seven generations, 10 gener- generations later, you know, I, I'd be proud of the person that I am yeah. in, in this legacy Absolutely. Absolutely. That was just really fascinating. Mm -hmm. So our website journey prompt, which you can find on shamansafterdark.com is to journey to your helping spirits and ask to be shown one blessing and one burden from your ancestors in this lifetime that impact you in your current life and how they may help or hinder you. Excellent. So until next time, everyone keep on shining your light. 